Welcome to the Inside the Junior Rain podcast. I'm your host, Ben Frank, and each and every week we give you an inside look on what goes on behind the scenes of a USA Hockey model association, the Junior Rain. We believe in learning, we believe in age-appropriate, long-term athletic development, and we believe we have the responsibility to harness the power of youth sports to create better athletes, better people, closer families, and a better world. Thank you for joining us, and together we can make youth hockey a life-changing experience. Okay, we are live for Inside the Junior Rain episode number 12, take two. <laughs> Apologize for anyone that was watching already. We were sideways, and just taking a moment here to make sure that we are showing up correctly so that we don't hurt everyone's eyes while we're doing the show here. Um, welcome to, like I said, episode number 12. I am your club president, Ben Frank. With me, as always, is our chief of hockey operations, Paul Esdale, where we spend a show uh, every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time to give you an inside look on what goes into behind the scenes of uh, delivering our mission of creating a life-changing experience for the sport of youth ice hockey. Uh, last week, we, and let me just double check here, I think we are good. We are not sideways, so we're ready to go. <laughs> and I think the volume is also working. All right. We're good. So last week we started. We the topic of the show was um, creating a bigger youth hockey experience. So beyond beyond youth hockey was kind of our focus. And what we did, the way we the way we communicated that was we showed uh, through our curriculum what we do outside of just the on ice uh, curriculum drills and, and skills and the off ice athletic uh, uh, athletic uh, programming and the the off ice. Uh, some lesson plans we have in the curriculum called the experience you can see that in the curriculum where we talk to the kids about specific skills that will help them absolutely in hockey but will also help them beyond hockey in their lives in school and work and family and all these other things that help them be a more successful person we addressed the uh, why we feel like that's an area that we should be a part of and 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 it's not I mean, the traditional area that hockey coaches would be talking to their kids about but understand that we have the responsibility to have a major impact on these kids and wanting to take take advantage of that, uh, that responsibility to make a big impact, knowing that not all these kids, the majority of these kids are not gonna play professional hockey for a living, and that we want these skills to serve them in their lives uh, beyond, beyond hockey and beyond sports, just the way it has for our lives and the reason why we're, we're still doing this, the impact it's had on our lives. Um, so Paul, uh, who's, who's, who's really been the designer behind our curriculum, um, talked about one of the first couple lesson plans in the experience curriculum and what things we go over the kids. We talked about the team building aspect and we went into and spent a little bit more time on the mindset being one of those first lessons that we talked to the kids about was really helped set them up for a lot of things to be successful as an athlete and, and, and beyond. Um, and what we're gonna do today is we're gonna go into the next lesson plan, which is a great thing to discuss uh, with your kids as well and the ignition to learning. Uh, so this is something that that is in our curriculum, but we want to talk through a bit more today. So, Paul, uh, what is the ignition to learning, and how does that uh, relate to the mindset work we've already talked about, and to overall what we're doing? Yeah, it connects in a lot of ways, Ben, because it's really that spark where it starts for someone. So, for example, a young kid has some sort of interaction with the game, and it makes them believe that this is what he wants to do or she wants to do and they, they can take it to the next level. So it's that ignition, mm -hmm. right? The ignition, mm -hmm. and then the learning happens, right? So it's it can be a numerous amount of examples, right? It can be you know watching an NHL game, uh, doing a free skate with someone and a coach helping them out, right. getting a high five from an NHL player, getting a, you know, a hockey puck. 
It can be watching your dad do it. I know for myself, when I was growing up, my dad was a career hockey coach and I was around uh, the University of Alberta a lot at the rink there. And for me, it was going to those games and then after the games, going into the locker room, sitting beside the guys and, and, and you know, get, they gave me a roll of black tape. And I yeah. thought that was the coolest thing, right? And realizing that these are young kids in their 20s, 22, 23, that they have similar background. They grew up in a small town somewhere and they can play university college hockey, well then why can't I kind of thing. And, yeah. that, and it ties into that growth mindset, right? And that belief, if they can do it, you know, why can't I? Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. So we talked about how, you know, kids in our program now are getting a chance to go out to an Ontario rain game or even having a guy at the practice, uh, especially when they see someone, they meet someone, maybe a player is not as big of a player yeah. or they're from California and yeah. they made it and those types of things, those, those moments, right? I know for me, when I was uh, young, I was playing, you know, recreational hockey, but my, uh, my friend's dad took us to some college, college games and I, I got like the broken stick yeah. of the guy. And I thought like, it's a broken stick, he's probably gonna throw it out, right? But I thought it was like the coolest, I took it home and like saved it, you know? I still remember those things, I was like seven years old, right? And so that, that, that and, and also just even some of the stats, like for example, in an Olympic year, yeah. when the Team USA is on, hockey is on TV, USA Hockey has record numbers of new kids joining the sport, right? So these types of things that just give you that spark, that, that spark, that passion inside that you wanna, you wanna do something. Right, and your environment shapes what you think. I think you see nowadays with social media, media in general, there's so many things going on, right? And it's important to filter that stuff and find out really what's the most important for your family and your, for, for your child and making sure they're in the right environment and then doing the right thing. So whether they're, you know, the, the mission to learning is they're doing a learn to play and a junior rank coach helps the kid for five yeah, or 10 minutes, to skate and, right? And that kid just uh, thinks he's the best guy or he's a role model. And that's why youth hockey coaches are critical, right? Your youth, ho youth coaches in general are critical for the future of the really the world. And I know that sounds maybe over exaggerated, but it's really not because yeah. they're gonna shape our youth, right? So it can be that, it, like you said, it can be an NHL example. The neat thing is now with the partnership with the rain, we get to deliver some of these real neat experiences that we weren't able to deliver before on, on, a, on a real high level. And these are the things that are lasting impressions on kids and families and that can really drive where they go with their life. Right, versus when a kid maybe comes up in their first youth sports experience is a really negative one, right? And that can shape, that can shape things. That can sh yeah. make them choose not to pl play that sport. That can make them choose maybe not to want to do any sports. It can make them think that they're not a good athlete uh, give them a fix that relates back to the mindset, right? Oh, I'm just not good. The coach doesn't like me. Um, it's not fun. Physical activities, it, it, it hurts or whatever, right? Or it's painful or it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's not fun. Those types of things. Those, those thoughts can stay with you forever versus physical activities, fun. I meet new friends. Coach so-and-so is so cool. Oh my God, I met this pro player. I want to do that someday. And so we have that ignition point, which is really like without that, right? It's pretty, can be pretty hard to do anything further. Yeah, we talked about that before, right? Well, I thought this was supposed to be fun, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can get, you can have a different ignition and different experiences, right? And we also know that there's going to be challenges along this road from ignition and then through the journey and the path to, uh, you go through all these different steps and there's going to be challenges there are gonna be failures in your, in your hockey journey, right? And, and there's gonna be some points where you have some decisions to make whether you go one way or the other. And that really builds that grit and that character and really develops people in the right way. And you'll see that some people will persevere through it and other people won't, or other, other people won't, right? And that's, and that's the real interesting about this that it really can have a major effect on people's lives when they're done playing hockey 
and when they're you know in their everyday lives of you know raising a family or working a job and it really can have that lasting impression and that's why that ignition and then some of that growth mindset and those decisions that are made in that culture is really critical for success in everything we do. I want to say hi Grant, thanks for watching. You said hey guys. Um, Paul, I want to go into, so let, let's say we have that initial spark and that, that initial spark. So that's a, a great, obviously found important foundational piece. Um, kid, you know, they want to play hockey now. They want to learn hockey. So they're open to the, the learning now. Now what are, what are the, some of the next steps that are important because that's just the beginning, right? So. Um, I think I know in, in the curriculum we talk to them about learning what learning is and how we learn which ties into the mindset as well of some of those next steps and then we go into what we actually do when they, we understand how they learn yeah and I think that as, as a you know if you're a parent and you're guiding your child right is understanding what really learning is and what learning is with hockey yeah and what you're gonna experience in different sports is gonna look differently, right? And different age groups things look differently. And understanding that, you know, learning in a junior reign, curriculum-based sports science-based program is gonna look different than just practicing for the Sunday game result. Right. And having that understanding that it's the, it's the whole hockey career we're developing here. We're not just developing this, you know, nine-year-old season right and that's the thing that it sometimes gets misconstrued where people can't decide it's hard to decipher right because all these other programs are just focusing on four days from now we have this big game so we're practicing exactly what we need to practice yeah. to have that result on sunday in those four or five days when uh, our, a program that's based off our curriculum is practicing well what's going to be the best for the kid in the long term of his ho whole hockey career right. And it's a major difference and it's going to look completely different yeah. and definitely harder the way we do it and, and that's the challenges we face is we understand that there are um you know there are some challenges with that and how we how we educate people on that and how we um, execute it is critical and and really if you're if you are practicing to learn something for this weekend yep. a strategy to to beat this team what you could be, what you're learning could be completely irrelevant to the long to the long term picture, right? If you're if you're learning a certain positional scheme for this weekend's game, uh, number one, maybe you're learning it as a defense as a defenseman, but you end up later in your career being a forward or something like that. It's 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 irrelevant, or a certain strategy or system doesn't necessarily. You're trying to make the junior team or the college team, and it has no bearing on it, right? Versus versus learning something that is permanent. That is that is that is long term for their for the hockey skills. Right, and that's the thing: are we developing robots? Or are we developing thinkers? I know when I first came to California, I uh, volunteered to do some of the some of the camps there, and I watched some of the players, and I was on the ice, and I was really truly impressed with the, a lot of the skill sets of them, the kids doing the drills. Okay. You know, they were kind of doing old school basic drills around the circle, around the tire. They're all big. They all can skate. They all can stick handle. And then later on that weekend, I got to view as a uh, evaluator up top and watch them play the game of hockey. Yeah. Right. The actual game. And to be honest, there wasn't a lot of real good hockey players in there because they were developed as drill doers. Right. And that comes back to that blocked and random stuff yeah. we can talk more about and about the more skills learning that they're they're they didn't have the they didn't have the retention of how to actually play hockey. Right. They learned how to do the drills but there wasn't that transfer and retention to actually play the game. And that goes into what your point was about like positioning or something. 
well, what is positioning? Understanding what positioning is. You know, at eight years old or 10 years old, telling a kid to stand in one spot, that spot may be really great for one out of a thousand times, but the game of hockey is not standing in a spot, right? right. It's always evolving, it's always changing, it's a transition game. So instead of knowing how to stand there, understanding you know the what's relatively where the puck is where the opponent is where my man is where his man is and understanding where to be and having that hockey sense and that takes time to develop and that's not fixed in you know a couple sessions stand here stand here that takes years of experience experiencing where to be where not to be making mistakes and developing that hockey sense and, and for them to make those decisions because when hockey's played at a real level right at, at a high level it's happening far too fast there's far too many things going on for a player to be waiting for someone to tell them the instruction to react to a certain play, right? They have to already be anticipating and getting themselves into a position to intercept that puck or to be in defensive side or to be on the, get the offensive rebound or whatever it is well before, and all five players have to be doing that all at the same time, well before anyone can tell them what to do. So players are just learning to wait for instructions, right? right? They're, they're, not that, they're not learning. So you, you talked about two, two really important terms I want to bring back. You, met, you mentioned transfer and retention. Yeah. Right, so uh, Paul, talk a little bit more about those because I think a lot of times with people, uh, the, the biggest misconceptions here are some of the false fundamentals that, that, that maybe looks like learning's going on but maybe sure. it's not really happening. So I think first thing I talk about more skills learning, right? Sure. The, the, the ability to, to acquire skills through practice, that's what more skills learning is. And we've talked about different examples before about learning to, you know, driving a car, right? right? I can sit in the back seat and watch my dad drive for 20 years, yeah. but then when I'm put in the wheel, <clears throat> excuse me, I have no idea how to drive a car, right? But well, why why did why don't I know how? He, you know, he was, I watched him the whole time. He's telling me what to do, but until I experience it, I don't know, right? And that's the same thing with hockey, right? You can do all these drills, these part drills that have maybe some skills that you need to actually play hockey, but if it's not connected to the bigger game picture right there there's that there's not the transfer because the skills are blocked right they're one isolated skill and they're not random because the game is a random game they don't have the transfer to the next level of the real game down the road and then what happens is you don't you don't retain it as much right so that's why when i watched that uh when i first came to california i watched those older kids do those drills right they didn't have they could do the drills they could do the drills but they didn't have the transfer and retention to the actual game, right? Right. So great, they got good at skating the circles, but if our we're not playing skating the circles, right, right? Right. If we were playing skating the circles hockey, then that would be great. Yeah. But we're actually playing hockey, right? The whole sport of hockey. So that's one little aspect is skating or crossovers, right? But if you're not able to do uh, those cross uh, crossovers under pressure at high speed yeah. with a puck on my stick yeah. with four other five other guys then is it what you know what I mean it, it, there's not much use for it right obviously you got to start somewhere and you've got to build your skills up but the, you know it the, the challenge with what we face every day is the transfer and retention of what we do in the LTAD long-term athletic development takes way it's longer time. you can't speed farm the options there, right? it takes a lot longer right it's the same thing when we talk about positioning and hockey sense it, the immediate answer to when eight-year-olds are all chasing the puck is to scream out different directions, go there, go there, go there, and that may solve it for a shift or two, right? Yep. But one, one thing is you can't, as a coach, you can't even keep up with it because if you're just yelling at one guy, yeah. what about the three or four other guys? You're not really doing justice at all, so now it gets really confusing, 
and you're not really solving anything because the kid will do something for one time yeah. and it may work, right? And you may think that's it's great. It's exhausting. You're yelling the entire time. Right? Right? But yeah. in the long run, the, as the game moves on, you're not going to be able to do that and he's not going to be able to understand. He'll never understand how to do it. Yeah. So you're really doing actually a disservice as much as you think you're helping, it's a disservice to the player. You're help, well, you're helping in the immediate, maybe in the immediate situation where they maybe get to that puck before they're the player or whatever because you've cued them to do it, but they haven't actually learned to do that themselves. And I just want to give a couple of examples for people there. I, I mentioned USA Hockey Talks a lot of times, you can't speed farm, right? It, it, when you're developing, uh, developing a player in, in, as an athlete, you, you, there's a certain process follow. There's windows of trainability and things that you can't change. There's a process you have to go through and you can't, you can't speed farm, right? So you can't, if you, if you plant a, a plant and you just, you're supposed to water every day, instead you just pour all the water the first day, <laughs> It doesn't help it grow, right? It's it's still gonna have it's still have its, its natural maturation. And it, and it may die, right? And, and that's the and that's the risk yeah. of over training, yeah. over coaching, right? If you think about that example, it's the same thing that nine year old where you just just brainwash everything into them at that age. They yeah. get to the point where after two, three, four years, they may just they're shut done. it down. They're done. Yeah. And this another example I mentioned uh, false fundamentals. So we talked about transfer. So I think we made some pretty. Uh, understandable points about how, what actually transfers through the game situation. So, so, so it's a, a block skill, which actually in motor learning kind of literature is say it's, they differentiate skill from techniques, so like a technique, skating technique, versus the actual skill, like you said, in under pressure, in game situation, making a decision all, all the, at high speeds, all these things, that's actual, that's the skill. And it's, it's right? the read, plan, and do, right. which we've spoken about before. Right, so it's, in, it's not just the do, it's not just the, yeah. the crossover, the shot, it's the read, the situation, plan what you're gonna do and do it. That's the That's actual right. whole skill. Right. And so the transfer part comes into teaching something that they have to read, plan, do in the practice. So now they can read, plan, do it in a game. It actually transfers to the game. So the false fundamentals is, it also touches on the point of retention. So for example, uh, these things that we're talking about where they actually learn to read, plan, and do, it take longer to see those results. So you can be playing in a small a smaller game over and over and over again and the rate at which the players actually start to make those decisions correctly in advance and anticipate, they're not gonna just learn that instantly. They don't have to see that pattern tons and tons it's, and it's, tons it's of years. times over it's years, years. Yeah. to start to anticipate, yeah. oh, that player leaned this way, I think he's gonna shoot, put up the boards this way, I'm gonna get there earlier and intercept it. Those, those patterns have to be seen over and over and over again. Versus, so they may take years. Like you said, so but, but we're doing the stuff now, knowing that over time they're going to learn. That's the only way for them to truly learn it. Versus false fundamentals is often referred to as something that it it looks like it's getting better, but it's a false fundamental. It's not an actual transferable game. So something the retention it actually happens ha, can happen faster. So for example, if you do a scripted passing drill. So let's say we have one that's a smaller game where it's a kind of two on one situation or something that they're attacking the score versus a, a drill where you make it two on one, but this guy has to pass to the boards, then he has to pass across, then he drives wide, he shoots, then the guy goes to the, re to the, to the net to the rebound. Maybe the first time you do that drill, it's, it doesn't work very well, but they do it five, 10 times, and now they know exactly what to do, and it starts to look better and better and better, and like, oh, look, they're making crisp passes, it's on the tape, they're getting a shot on that. They're getting better, but they're not actually getting better. It's a false fundamental because it doesn't transfer to the game. Yeah, and you're getting good at that drill. Yeah. Like, you're, you are getting better in one way, drill. you're getting good at that drill. But as you get older, are you gonna be able to replan and do and execute on your game situation? That, and that's the key, right? It's the story of the zoo cat and the wild cat. Yeah. Uh, we do, there's a little presentation that we talk about that in the ignition learning is that there's these two, there's these two cats, these two tigers, right? And they're brothers 
and they're raised, one's raised in a zoo and one is raised in the wild, yeah. right? And how they turn out is, is the interesting story of, you know, in the zoo, they're, they're given their shelter, mm -hmm. they're given their food, right? And life's pretty easy, yeah. right? Not yeah. too bad, life's pretty easy. The danger, danger's really low, there's no one gonna try to eat them, right? And they're, they don't have to hunt, so their food's easy to get and everything. But in the wild, right? They have to worry about their own shelter. They have to worry about hunting their own way. And they and then down the road, they're both released to the wild, and or they're switched spots, right? right. Can and how does that relate? Can the, the zoo the zoo tiger the zoo cat survive in the jungle now? Well, he yeah. can't now, yeah, because he hasn't been trained he in the wild, and that's right. the key thing, because he hasn't played the game of hockey, right. right? So that's why if we drill, 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 drill forever. Uh, kids will not, and that's why I saw it when I first came to California with those that that group of players years ago was they were trained in the zoo, right? right? And they couldn't play in the wild. Yeah, right. I want to say hi to Rick and hi to Tommy, hi Rick from Florida, and hi to Shannon. So thanks everyone for for joining us. A couple just uh, things on that, Paul. Uh, just some specific examples. So. Again, uh, drill, so we, you talked about being a zoo cat, right? So again, that, the example of that would be a drill where all the decisions are made for the player, right? It's all set up for them perfectly. They're gonna be in this line, they're gonna make this pass, they're gonna go over here, they're gonna shoot, they're gonna come back to the line. And all they have to do, as long as they follow the drill, and they do what they're told and they do what's set up, they can be successful at it. Versus a game situation where they just have to compete and win and you set up some type of game to create some environment that you want them to work on in a game situation. Maybe a corner battle, maybe a rush, and maybe a breakout, maybe different things. But, but, but they, you only, it's, it's one or two rules. It's, yeah. hey, it's two on one, you have to make one pass before you score or whatever. And that could happen at any point. Yeah, and I think the important thing that we, we didn't maybe touch on yet is when does learning occur? Right. Learning occurs when you're pushed out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing to take out of this, right? If you're not pushed out of your comfort zone and you're in the zoo with those type of drills, mm -hmm. it, you can make some incremental improvements, some technical improvements, which are good, which you need down the road. Mm -hmm. But if you're not pushed out of your comfort zone and put into the wild, that's not the lear real learning will not occur. And that's the critical uh, part of development is being pushed out of your comfort zone and push to something where you have to reach to something you don't even think you can attain, right? And that's those decision-makings, that's that game environment, that's the competitiveness where, you know, now it, and it replicates the actual game of what you're doing. You're not practicing skating the circle hockey, you're practicing hockey, right? And I wanna just give some specific examples of some of those things that might, that might happen in those situations. Just so for example, you, so you mentioned that you can just turn the brain off in some of those, yeah. in those drills and you can, once you learn what the sequence of the drill is, right, you pass here, you skate there, you shoot there, you can actually get really good at making that pass and taking the shot, maybe hitting the top corner, whatever it is. But what we see happens in those type of drills, we can see some other bad habits, fine details of habits, right? So for example, you make, when you're making that pass, you know you make that pass every single time, you just look and you're making that pass, right? So do, they, do we develop in a game, in a game situation playing in a game situation where we're making a pass and it's intercepted, we might have to start to learn like I have to I have to look off that pass and make it look like I'm not passing there before I pass. I have to shoot while I'm looking like I'm gonna pass. These types of things that how do you teach that in a, in a set drill that's already predefined? And, and and talk about habits, right? So I'm doing a drill that's a predefined drill. I make a pass, the player misses the pass. Oh, I'll just grab a new puck and yeah, start again. Yeah, or yeah. restart again, right? Yeah. So that you see that a lot. Yeah. Or a guy, you know, goes around the circle circle, takes a shot. Go and immediately skates, skates the back of the line, right? In the yeah. corner, 
right? And that one always kills yeah. me when I see that, right? So yeah. there's no really, then, then, then that shows you that there's no transfer there, right? Yeah. Because there's no learning there. And, and, yeah, are they getting some physical activity? Are they skating a little bit of the handle puck? Sure, right? Those are all good things, but can we make it better? Mm -hmm. Can we make it so they're in the wild as well? Or maybe they start with a couple zoom drills where it just kind of gets them in the motion, especially the older ages, right? You get some kind of in the flow of things, get them to kind of go through the technical skills, but then it's pushed to the next level where it pushes them over, it comes in, so they have to uh, use those technical skills in the wild. And that's really the key to learning. I'll just give you an example of something I've done with the high school team I started coaching that a lot of them hadn't practiced in this type of environment before. Mm -hmm. And for example, when I, if I'm playing a smaller game, which we do a lot of, no. um, if, unless until I stop the game, it's 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 live. So when the when I, I've taught them when the goalie covers it, a lot of people or even even before a whistle and then they all just kind of stop. I, I I make them continue to play and the, the defensive team has to get to the front and box out the players mm -hmm. and allow the goalie to play it to them and the other team can can, can keep trying to score until mm -hmm. until they do that. So the, so but you see the automatic thing in, in a drill, take the shot on the net and then oh, it gets over versus. Mm -hmm going to the net, trying to find rebounds, banging in, those types of things. Those are the habits we want in the game. But if you set the drills up to be that way, that's what the players are going to do regardless. Yeah, and I think that just shows you how we've conditioned our youth, right? They're always waiting for someone to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to even the you know school and those kind of things, right? You know, I always wonder if we just put 10 kids on the ice and a couple goalies and a puck, if they would even actually end up playing a five-on-five -five game, yeah. you know, could they communicate? Could they work it out with leadership skills and that kind of stuff? And that's one we want to get to where people are creative, free, th free thinking, obviously still under some sort of guidance, mm -hmm. right? But they have the leadership skills to to take whatever they're doing to the next step, right? And that's that, you know, instead, you know, if a kid misses a pass and then oh, I gotta get, I gotta give him a puck, mm -hmm. right? I gotta serve him that puck instead of. Okay, let's let the kids go get that puck. Let the kids set up that drill. Let them do this. Let them. So they have to start to understand there's a bigger picture than just you know me skating back and forth. It's like okay, this is what has to happen. This is part of the game. This is part of the team, and this is how we, this whole system works. And really, if you think about it that way, it's like a whole total experience of what the now the player that's coming into practice, he's in like he's in, he's in the laboratory and he's like. He's this like science experiment he's going through, right? It's not just showing up and just doing this one little example. It's a real whole evolution. I'll say hi to Mike. Thanks for watching uh, with us today. Um, also, Paul, I just wanted to say that we talk a lot about when we talked in our other episodes, we talked about our curriculum and things like that. We talk about starting with the end goal in mind and kind of reversing that back to focusing again. Like, well, what what do we, what are, first of all, what are we here for? What's our role? What do we want to do with our lives and our organization as far as impacting the kids. We want to win a game on Sunday or do we want to develop great people for the long term? Do we have a major impact on their lives with their family and, and, and themselves for the long term and also help them become the best hockey players they can be at the end of the road versus just achieve a result for, for me or for yeah. you right, right now. So if we ask ourselves this again, what kind of players do we want to develop, right? What are the best players in the world? What are Wayne Gretzky, like what, are the, what, are, what kind of players do we want to develop in this game? Do we want to develop creative players? I would say we want to develop cr creative players versus robotic players, right? Do we want to develop competitors who are 
willing to take something upon themselves and try to make a play and try to make something happen and do something and make a difference and ask yourself do we, what kind of do we actually want them to what kind of people do we want them to be because this transfers right do we want people do we want them to, in their workplace or in uh, in school or with their family and friends do we want them to be creative do we want them to be to, to try to make an impact and make a change to be leaders these types of things well what we do on the ice and the type of drills and environment we give them if this is what they're most passionate about if they love hockey and that's their part of their identity of what they are and they come and the in the environment Environment is do what I say only when I say it. Uh, don't ask questions. Wait for instruction. That's going to translate into their life, into their personality, into their character. Versus, we want you to be creative. Think of new ways to solve this problem. Try something different. Make an impact. Compete. Try to be the best. Uh, make plays. If you believe in yourself, if you see something, take it. You know what? You're one on two. But you think you can beat both of those guys because you have a, a lane on or whatever? You take it. You're not afraid to make a mistake, and then you own it if if it's the wrong decision, right? But if we want, if those are the types of people and, and players we want to create, we can't just blindly go about and just do things on the ice the same old ways, knowing that that's not going to develop the type of people and players that we want. Yeah, good stuff, man. It's about principles and values, right? And it's mm -hmm. about creating experiences and relationships, right? And if we do this the right way, and it's the right way, is much harder. Yeah. right and because it's it's a change it's a disruption to the youth hockey culture mm -hmm. right so if we're thinking about deep thoughts like you just mm -hmm. uh, what you just talked about right that that's much harder to do yeah. all right and that's why it's looked upon differently around 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 the country right and that's why we are recognized around the country uh, a lot by different organizations and how powerful that really is because we're able to actually attempt to do this yeah. right we're able to put ourselves out there and go for it right and if we can make an impact on these kids and create that hockey for life experience, this is what's gonna create this legacy for when we're gone down the road, right? Yep. And this is something that this program will always stand for, is that hockey is a great game and it can develop the people and players in it to do great things and have these great relationships and great families. And that's why we're here. And uh, that's the exciting part. I know we talk about it a lot, but we talk about it a lot because we really truly believe that this is what we're attempting to do and what we can try to do and what we will strive to do all the time. Absolutely. So, so, so parents, you know, when you're, when you're look, parents, coaches, players, mm -hmm. when you're looking at the, you know, the week that the drills or the practices or whatever, you know, it's always anything in life, it's harder to focus on the long term than the short term, right? There's a reason why people sign up for gym memberships at the start of the year and aren't able to hold on to them or whatever, like because you know, short term you wake up and you're tired, it's raining or whatever, these things these things come in the way. So it's so easy for us to for, for youth sports to get sucked into this thing. Like we're day to day, we're you know, we're coming to the rink and we we lost on this Sunday and we there's pressure, we want to do better. We, so well, we could take a shortcut here and we can just you know, make sure our defensemen stay back and dump the puck out to the forwards who are down there and they, they, then we can actually keep the game close and they can score a goal or we can play, you know, put Johnny, he's the strongest player, we put him on defense, leave him on the whole game and that's going to help us be, be more competitive this week and it's, it's easy to, to succumb to that short-term stuff. That's why a lot of times doing things differently, doing things for the long-term, you find yourself having to defend it and having to explain it and, and bring people back to let, what's the big big picture here. And yeah, there might be some challenge early early on with it, but sticking to that, that process. And so if we can all do that together and look at what, not don't just look at the drills as far as you know what we're practicing for the game this week or for this team. It really does, I mean, I think you hear we're passionate about it. 
that environment, if this is something that they're passionate about and they love doing, that environment is going to affect everything that they are beyond, beyond that team and them as a hockey player. That environment that they love to come to, hopefully, is going to affect everything that they are. And if we're encouraging them to be creative and to believe in themselves and to be leaders and to make decisions and to work hard through adversity and to keep playing even when you get knocked down and those types of things, that are, we can talk about that all until we're blue in the face, but if we don't create the environment that sets that up for it to be a reality, we're not going to be able to do that for them. And, and so um, ask questions, but if we look at things from that, from that viewpoint, I think we might have you know, a, a unique uh, understanding of what we're doing with the kids each week. Right, and you had to remember, right, Ben, is that 70%, 70 to 80% of this actual season is at the practice range. Right, right. Right, you know what I mean? It's, it's not those games on Sunday. And yeah, we all, we all want to win hockey games, right? And, uh, but don't let, don't measure your result by, uh, you know, don't measure yourself by the result, right, of one Sunday afternoon game, right? right? And measure yourself by your efforts and, and your contribution and where you're going and, and your growth, right? And that's the key, the important thing to understand is that 78% of the season is down in the practice ring and the culture and environment will shape your, your son or daughter for the better for the future. And that's really what's the important thing, right? And, and so it's easy to get bogged down just you know, Sunday day result, or you know, even on the upside, get so excited about the win. We've had we had a right? bunch of teams this past weekend yeah, sure. that won tournament championships, and that's awesome. It's fun yeah. for the kids, right? But that yeah. it's just not our it's not our main focus, sure. though, right? Our teams they win. They're that's great. All, that's great. Right. We've had we had a lot of success, like I said a week ago. But but at the end of the day, like you said, eighty percent plus of what yeah. we do is that process. It's that if you're not having fun coming to the ring for practice and getting the most out of every the and that's where the most interaction with the coach is going to be and their teammates and they're here for a couple hours because they have off ice mm -hmm. and on ice, right? That's where the that's where the magic happens, right? Yeah, and that, that's you said it all, right? And that and that's the key, right? It's that experience, right? Yeah. That's really what parents are paying for is they're paying for the experience and that growth and that evolution of their child, right? And it's important to understand the whole totality of that and the long LTAD, long-term athletic development of that, right? And understand that it's a process. It takes time, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a seven-year-old parent, right, and they're not exactly in the right position for the cross-size game, yeah. they're not supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's the simple answer, yeah. right? Yeah. They're supposed to be going after the puck and chasing the puck, right. right? They're not supposed to be staying back on defense and staying in the right spot all the time. That, that's exactly what they're not supposed to do. They're supposed to be going for it, yeah. going after it, right? And skating for it. Or maybe they're waving the stands at you, right? And that's yeah. going to happen at times yeah. too, right? And having this bigger picture perspective, I think, is key for, for the future of everyone. So just to wrap up and summarize here today, we, we, we talked in the curriculum, you can, which you can view and you can always email uh, Paul and myself if you want access to, to that curriculum. There's a part in there called the experience and that's the, the, the thing that we're still developing of our curriculum. We work with the kids off the ice on. Uh, I think there was a lesson three, which is ignition to learning, which follows the mindset section and really relates a lot to it. We talk about that ignition point of learning, which is an important part. Hopefully everyone uh, in a club now has kind of had that cool ignition story. If you have a story like that to share yeah. with us, tell us maybe it's dad who played in the men's leagues yeah. or the cool, nice coach at the rink that helped out when you came to a public skate or the Ontario Rain player that you saw at the, yeah. the game or the LA Kings yeah. guy or whatever that is. Those stories are awesome. And then it's, okay, we have this ignition to learning. Now do we understand learning, what learning is, uh, the growth mindset of I can learn, uh, these are skills that I can learn if I put the work in and then how do we deliver that? A lot of that's explained in our curriculum and with focused on the big picture, the long-term permanent learning that translates to the, real, to the real games versus the short-term 
band-aids. Right. One point to, to leave off, Ben, skills are not born, they're right. built. Right. And I think if you remember that line, skills are not born, they're built, right. is really critical. Right. We can't, we can't make someone seven foot that's going to be five five, but skating skills, shooting skills, these, these are skills. These are no one's born knowing how to do these, right? So they're built. Excellent. Thanks, Paul. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, I think we're over time today. Uh, as always, if you like what you, what you hear, we really appreciate you sharing the episodes with your friends and family, um, anyone that may, that may appreciate the episode. And definitely, if you're watching, give us a thumbs up, give us a hey, hello in the comments or any questions as well. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific for Inside the Junior Rain, episode number 13. Sounds good. Nice.